Greetings, everyone, and welcome to WriteBrain, a podcast about writing and crowdfunded publishing. Welcome to WriteBrain, your um, podcast about, well, I guess writing, <laughs> crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, and we, uh, we, we, we dive deep into the Inkshare books. My name is GF Dubois. I'll be your host, and my co-host and good friend, Paul Inman, is joining me tonight. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I mean, the intros just keep getting better. JF. I I need to find like for 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 the other podcasts that I work on, I have kind of a, a banter because uh-huh. like for I, I do a, a podcast about Overwatch, and I know it's about Overwatch, and that's the only thing that we talk about. So when I start the podcast, I know that I just talk about Overwatch. But in right with Right Brain, we talk about three. We have kind of three segments that are a bit separated yet linked i mean we talk about our own progress in the publishing industry at large we talk about inkshare's books and then we talk about a either writing literature or crowdfunding specific issue that we discuss so i i want to say it's the it's an inkshare podcast but that's only one third of what we do i want to say it's about literature but again that's not the whole portrait so i i need to i need to figure out how I want to to package it correctly. I'll have it by episode 10. <laughs> no, you know what? We don't need to figure it out. I, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. You know, off the cuff. I like it. It's good. So uh, this week, I, today, as a matter of fact, have some good news. We have finalized the cover, completely finalized the cover for Ageless. Um, in fact, just a couple of hours ago, uh, I got a word from Girl Friday, and they were like, Here's this and this. How do you like it? And I was like, love it. Let's do it. So there's only a few changes that um, uh, you may not have seen yet. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. So I told I, I sent um, Devin is my uh, what's it called? What are they called? What are the people called in charge? The people project managers. There you go. That's it. That's the one. So um, Devin is her name, and uh, she sent me uh, you know my stuff, and I told her you're awesome, Devin. And I am so thankful. I'm so very thankful because if you have not seen the cover yet, it's basically the way it is on Inkshares right now. There's only a couple of words added. So um, I'll change it up eventually. In fact, probably by the time you're hearing this, it will be changed. So, but I'm excited. I'm excited. Awesome. I, I've, I've, I've got hot off the, off the press's news right now. So yeah. Paul, we're, we're going to peel back the curtain immediately Okay. Uh, on on what we're doing, we're going to uh, to to see how the sausage is made, and I need to ask you a technical question about this podcast. Yeah, go for it. So, when do you think this podcast will be out in the public? Like today, we are Monday night. When do you think it'll be available for people to listen to? Well, we usually shoot for Thursday. We usually mm-hmm. shoot for Thursday. Okay. Um, sometimes that doesn't always happen, but the goal is always to be Thursday or earlier. If you if you want it earlier, I can make it work. Okay, well, as, as long as it's not before tomorrow, let me let me announce this to you right now. Um, okay. And I, I hope, hey, Matt, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry I'm telling Paul in advance. Don't get mad at me. 
Well, it's kind so, of kind of how it has to work here on the podcast if, if you're discussing it, yeah. But no, but did this? I mean, as if, if the podcast is going out on Thursday, I fig- I figure this. I mean, I don't know if we had anything for our first segment. I don't. I know we didn't have any discuss anything for our third segment, but this is going to be good fodder for our our third uh, third part of the, the show. Okay. So here's the thing: uh, starting tomorrow, that is on Tuesday, uh, on the first of December. There is another Sword and Laser Collection contest that's beginning. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, if you visit Inkshare at any regularity or if you get the uh, the newsletter, I am sure that you already know about this and about all the modalities and all the uh, the stuff that's going on. So yes, there's another podcast going on because apparently Tom and Veronica really enjoyed doing the first one. They really fell in love with a few of the books and they want to see it happen again. Oh, that is amazing, actually. So is it um, Sword and Laser, and it's going to be uh, sci-fi fantasy again? It is It is sci-fi fantasy because that is that is the sword and the laser, the uh, the, the fantasy and the sci-fi. That is the, the theme. So obviously that's what they're going to be concentrating on. And from what I understand, uh, this is – and this I, I, I knew a bit about this uh, ahead of schedule. I, I – don't, I'm not going to go into details as to how, how or why, but <laughs> the, uh, the no, I the whole point is like they, they want their collection to be uh, to, to 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 be larger, and they don't want to see too many too many good books fall by the white wayside and not get caught under under that umbrella. So I'm I'm. <sighs> I'm of two minds of this. I'm I'm super stoked because I love the idea of this sword and laser collection. I want it to grow. I want it to, but I'm I'm not participating this time because I have too much on my plate. Like I already have a book that's funding. Uh, so on one hand, super excited. On the other hand, disappointed. I can't participate. But you know what? That's fine. That's cool. Um, I'll I'll be happy to help coach, which is what I suggest you and I attempt to do in the uh in our third segment i mean we've talked a lot about how to prepare for crowdfunding how to prepare a campaign but i think our third segment should should concentrate on how to uh handle a contest okay well i mean i'm fine with that uh last week we did the um marketing questionnaire and uh i thought we would switch gears and do the author questionnaire this week but i am flexible and i can totally roll with it so sounds good to me um those of you who uh, may not know much about the sword and laser contest, uh, the previous contest, I should say. Um, well, let's be honest here. If you're listening to this, you probably do have some idea of what of what happened. But just in case, um, it was a uh, well, it was a contest that were open up to all the sci-fi and fantasy authors um, on Inkshare, and you could submit your work to possibly be in the top five. And JF and I actually ended up landing in the top five, which turned into a top six when it came down to it. And JF's The Life Engineered was selected by Sword and Laser to be part of their, at this point, first collection? Or is it going to be one big collection? Do you know? I think it's just going to be one big collection. It's just, I mean... I, I'm the whole point. Like it's it's a second contest, a sequel. So uh, as as Matt puts it in the email he sent, the um, it's it. But the idea is to add to the the sword and laser collection. Like you don't want right now. There's three books in the collection. There's there's mine. There's uh, glorious Derek Adams as um, Asteroid Made Out Dragon and Jim, Jim McDonald's Unattractive Vampire are the three books in the collection. It's it's funny because it kind of 
touches on three different themes. I, I, my book, The Life Engineered, is a sci-fi book, very pure sci-fi. And uh, Derek Adams is very fantasy. And uh, Jim's book is more of a sort of horror genre, obviously with vampires. So it really kind of spans the, the gamut. And the, I think the idea is to add to that collection. I mean, a collection with three books is not a very rich collection. And obviously, I think the, the whole plan from the beginning was to keep adding uh, through contests or other means and having a second contest as a way of drumming up interest and, and bringing in more writers, more readers is, uh, I mean, will fluff out, will fill out fluff out that's not the right word that sounds <laughs> it sounds kind of <laughs> negative it's like ah oh, you know it's just fluff no what i mean is like it, it'll, it'll plump up the uh, the collection to, to have more books and i think that that's gonna be a pretty cool well listen tom veronica there's this book that i know of it's called ageless <laughs> i mean it could fit right in there it's something that's unique from the three that you already have and that's all i'm gonna say you know check it out on ain't shares you know see what you like see what you think so uh, that's pretty awesome, man. And um, we'll save like maybe some more talk for the end, or if you want to just continue now, we'll continue it now. No, no, let's let's keep it till the end because I want to like this. This will give me a bit of time to sort of focus my thoughts into um, in, into sort of structuring how we want to give this advice because there's one of the things that we we have discussed earlier is how there is a gulf, like a, an abyss of difference between running a pure crowdfunding campaign and running crowdfunding campaign as part of contest and since this podcast is going to go out maybe a two or three days after the contest has started they're still going to be in the early stages where people are signing up so it's a good time to learn from our experience having done contests what exactly what kind of hell you're getting into and how to survive it best that is yeah oh yeah you're absolutely right um you know well, we'll save it. We'll save it for a little later. So let me uh, change the subject then. Tell me, how's the status on the life engineered? Um, any, any, any word? Anything new? Anything that uh, you uh, want to put out there? Because I see you smiling over there. So, <laughs> um, okay. We, well, actually, last week we were talking a bit about how we were still not. Neither of us were really into the the, the, the meat and potatoes of the marketing aspect of the uh, of the distribution of books. Uh, today, I got an email that made it perfectly clear that while you and I as author might not necessarily be really hands-on in the marketing, Inkshares is in it to their elbows. They're oh, yeah. working yeah. hard on it and doing amazing things. And it's a lot of stuff that's very exciting. It's overwhelmingly exciting that i well, cannot ex- talk about that's right all right now. i'll give i'll give an example a good example is um ageless a few weeks ago we sold 176 copies uh we being ink shares and and i just kind of sat back and said yeah come on flow money i like it no i'm just kidding uh I, in fact i'll be honest for me the um the royalties are kind of secondary i don't care I, i'm glad that the book is getting out for people to read because you know yes we get paid a little bit but i mean i, I would and I did actually, you know, do it for free. So, I mean, I wrote the book with no intent. Well, I don't, I don't want to say no intention, but I mean, it in the back of my mind, publishing it was something that, you know, was a dream. But, you know, I wrote the book because I wanted to write it. I wanted to do it. So, I mean, I would do it for free. But as I was saying, they are really pushing and they got out and they sold. They moved over 170 copies of Ageless in one day. And I was like, man, that is awesome. 
So, I mean, they're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes that, that we don't necessarily see or know about until we get that email, right, JF? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's, uh, in, in a way, it's like the old saying, like, uh, you under promise over deliver like they're not going to say yeah we're hoping to get that and just they're not feeding us a bunch of information that are you that's useless until it actually bears fruit and instead they just come to us with like a fruit salad so it's i i prefer that approach because i say like i i'd rather it's it's as a marketing guy obviously i want to see what the gears are doing but at the same time I don't necessarily want to just receive emails saying we're attempting this, we're trying that, we sent that email. Like, first of all, I, I'm not their supervisor, so it's not it's not my job to. Uh, why are you signaling? <laughs> Sorry, I had something on the. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had okay. something on the camera. My fault. <laughs> anyways, uh, no, it's it's not my job to supervise what they're doing. It's not. They don't have time. I'd rather like instead of them feeding me information that's useless for them to feed me, I'd rather they put the efforts in what they are actually doing. And as as Paul can attest, like it bears fruit, and that's that's exciting because obviously since we don't see it, um, sometimes it's harder to judge what's going on. But clearly something is going on. So that and and again, like remember, like I. I'm not hiring Inkshare. Like nothing's coming out of my pocket except effort. So to a certain degree, it's it's almost bizarre to see the amount of work that they do in in for us. I mean, right. it's, obviously, it's not out of the goodness of their heart. It's part of their job. But and I think that's what's unique about the Inkshare's model is because I don't feel I don't feel that they're my employees, as in or or, or suppliers, because I'm not paying them. So right. it really in, reinforces this relationship that we are we are working together at Winning Share. It's more of a coworker situation. Yeah, it's like symbiotic relationship. You know, I mean, they, for uh, when we succeed, they succeed, and when they succeed, we succeed. So, um, you know, it's everybody wins. It's an everybody wins situation. I think exactly, and that's 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 what I find very cool about it. So, anyways, it's. Like I said, I, I'm I'm excited to see that. Just like we were just talking about how we were curious about things happening on the marketing side, we knew from your from your experience that obviously the sales department is is working. Yeah, but we were still a bit blind about the marketing aspect. And this is, I mean, and I wish I could say more, but it would be inappropriate at this point in, in juncture. But it's well, uh, right. well, it's they'll learn about it in time. Yeah, exactly. But the the, the whole point of it is that. Even though this is super exciting, it is still only just a piece of probably everything else that's, that's happening. So I'm very excited to see how this develops, especially as the months go on and, and we're getting closer to release. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, like, I, I mean, JF told me what was uh, what happened before we started recording. So I know what happened and, and it is very cool. And, and honestly, it's very, very cool. And I know he's struggling. Um, not being able to talk about it, but when when he can talk about it, he'll he'll be ecstatic to share that. I'm sure. Um, you know, I was listening obviously because I, I edit the podcast, so I was listening to last week's podcast um, as I was editing it, and I came up. I had a question that I came up with actually, and I thought maybe as a listener, sometimes um, sometimes some of you guys might have some questions. So if you do have some questions, you can. There is a uh, there is a uh, for uh, Goodreads forum. There's a um, topic over there where you can leave some questions if you ever want to do that or you can uh contact us 
through our websites or on Twitter or whatever. Um, if you want to have a question, if you want to have a question answered, but um, let me get back to the question that I actually came up with for you, JF. Um, you were talking about last week about how you added in a preview chapter, and that was a good way to kind of um, keep your reader hooked in and and anticipating something new. So, well, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Oh, and I, and I think it really is. I mean, I truly believe that too. When I get a book and I read the whole book and then there's that little bit of um, the next book, the beginning of it, I'm always like, mm-hmm. wow, that's awesome. I can't wait. So the question I had for you is this, considering um, how long that we've been working directly with Girl Friday and Ink Shares, how late in the game did you add your preview chapter? Like, how, how, like I guess, how how long into the development of your book where like where I'm at with ageless now is a probably in comparison a month or so or two months behind you. Um, so how late in the game did you add it in? If you're talking chronologically, I added it in about two and a half months ago. So it was late in the game, but not super late. Yeah. Um, however, if you're, we're talking about where uh, in developmentally I added it, it was essentially, <laughs> and this is partly the part that was maybe a bit annoying for, for the people involved. I added it just after the uh, the dev edits were. Uh, I basically I sent in my my second wave of dev edits. I think, and when he said, "Okay, thanks, that's good," I said, "Well, I'd like to add something," so we had to do dev edits separately on that on that chapter. Oh, okay. So you had uh, a, like a an additional round of dev, dev edits after that or just for that chapter or how did that work? Yeah, exactly. We treated the chapter as a separate thing until it caught up with the rest of the manuscript and then uh, the, the whole thing was treated as a whole. That's cool. Um, I, my I my recommendation only... for anybody that's doing uh, production of your book, and this is going to sound kind of counterintuitive because I did the whole chat first chapter thing and, and I, I encourage anybody that can do it. However, as a sort of a, a warning, make sure that I, I was lucky because that was already written and already sort of edited to a certain degree. So there wasn't much work to do that. My suggestion, make sure that your book itself is your priority. If you don't have a sequel written already, don't just write a first chapter to have a first chapter. Make sure you have the whole book and you can, like, because if you if you feed a teaser chapter that you then have to modify extensively, it's not much of a it's not much of a teaser. It won't serve you well. It'll, it'll work against you. So if you already have a sequel done, like we we talked about a book yet last week um, uh, that was already like already has several the the prophecy of the yeah, stars. the prophecy of stars. The, um, the, 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 the sequels are already written. So the idea of just excising the first chapter or a cool chapter from the sequel and adding it as a teaser in the first book isn't a stretch. But if you've got your first book done, but nothing about your second book done, don't rush out a, set, a, a teaser chapter. Concentrate on your first book because you don't want to compromise the quality of the first one just to be able to tease a second one. Yeah, and you know, that's kind of where I where I am with Ageless, like we were talking about last week, where I was like, you know, I've got these ideas, but I haven't really sat sat down and, and worked them out. So um, I would love to be able to do that, but it's just not to that point, and I don't want to rush it out. I don't think that it's smart, you know, to do that. I mean, just to get another chapter in the book, I mean, I could write another chapter for this book if I really needed to, but in fact, I can tell you, with my, my developmental edit, I ended up scrapping 
seven-ish thousand words and rewriting an entire chapter from scratch. Mm, You mentioned that. That's a lot. (laughs) Yes, it was. And, you know, it wasn't overly difficult, but it was work. I mean, when you're having to rewrite a complete chapter, you cut out 25 or 30 pages, then you got to rewrite 25 or 30 pages. Um, It's a lot of work. And, you know, though, ultimately, it was for the benefit of the book. And uh, those uh, about five and a half thousand words or so was a was probably the chapter. So maybe six thousand. Those will probably show up again somewhere. Maybe like on my um, blog or on my website or somewhere. You know, short story for somewhere. That's the good thing about uh, the nonlinear because each chapter is almost like its own little short story. So it could show up again. Cool. Yeah. All right. So do you want to talk about books from Inkshares? Because I, yes. I got one that's actually kind of close to my heart. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Let's do it. I'll, I'll let you start, though, because you you took a book that I had kind of earmarked for further review in a, in, right. in later weeks, and you you stole it from under me. But I'm, I'm glad you're bringing it up because it's one of those books that the cover, if only the cover speaks to me, <laughs> but everything yeah, else, too. You know... I'll be honest, I brought this particular book up because I noticed that there's 26 days left on the campaign as of, as of Monday, the recording that we're doing. Um, 26 days, which, you know, by the time you get it, there'll be about 22 maybe. Um, so I was like, you know, I, if this podcast helps even sell, you know, one pre-order for for these people that we're doing this for, then, you know, I, I feel good. I'll feel good about that. So the book in question is Dax Harrison by Tony Valdez. Um, Dax Harrison is a science fiction book. And can, if, can, can we, can we just, uh, can we just talk about how Tony looks like David Tennant for a second? Yeah. Yeah, he totally, does. Yes, so, he totally does. Dr. Who fans. Come on. All right. So I'm sorry. I interrupted you with the no. stupidest thing. Go on. No, 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 it's okay. It's all right because he absolutely does. And I think that's great. Um, so anyway, uh, Dax Harrison and it, you know, you're right about the cover here. Uh, if you take a look at the cover, in fact, at, when I first pre-ordered this, I actually thought, that the actual name was the astounding. I can't read it now; it's too small. The astounding stories of interplanetary adventure. And yeah, featuring Dax Harrison. I was like, "Whoa, that's a cool name!" Actually, so if that is not the name, then change it to the name, Tony. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Da- uh, Dax Harrison has a very cool cover, and um, if you're looking at his page, he actually tells you where the cover art came um, from. Something called Pulp O Miser. Pulp O Miser. Uh, it's it's a website, I believe, where you can get some pulp artwork or some pulp covers and th- things like that, uh, which there I'm looking at it right now. It has a lot of cool stuff on it. Uh, but anyway, I'll play with that later, I guess. <laughs> Back to the book. Well, I, I know um, I'm going to have a look at it because basically the, for, for those who haven't seen the cover yet and just just listening to this, it is a very, very, uh, what would I say, 1940s pulp adventures. Yes. Indiana Jones type looking thing. It is it is marvelous in its uh in its look i i I love that kind of stuff yeah it is really cool and that's one of the things where i was like yeah i'm gonna have to pre-order this because it looks awesome so um anyway uh i'll just do a little bit of reading here like we always do just a little hook at the top of the page in a space-faring future an alien war criminal seeks vengeance on humanity and a celebrated but bumbling hero is forced back into action whether he likes it or not so, I mean, that right there, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So, um, as I scrolled down, you know, there's a video there, and it's actually pretty neat. It's, he's a pretty funny guy. Um, Tony's a pretty funny guy. So, if you get a chance, check that out. Um, 
and he's pitching the book in there. So you're going to get a lot of what you're going to get here a little bit, you know, and uh, uh, it's just entertaining. You know, he's he's silly and he's having a good time. So that's cool. It's a, it's a good video. Have you watched the video yet? Uh, I have, but like a while ago, like that's, that's one of the problems with the, some of these books is that are coming to the end of their campaigns is that a lot of the materials I saw when it first, it was first put online. Uh, and yeah, no, I, it's, I actually, the, the video is what sold me on the book, uh, initially when I, when I pre-purchased it the first time, or it made me say, I will pre-purchase that. And then I forgot for like three weeks and then I got reminded by a pitch because that's well, you know, something I do. I'm stupid that way. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is we were talking before we started um, the recording here and uh, I was just saying to JF, I said, man, I am so old. I can't remember anything anymore. So what that happens to me too. I look at all these books and we look at all these books, like every time some new books pop up, I check them out, you know, for at least a couple of minutes, read through the stuff. And it's just so much. And I'm like, dang, I can't even remember. So I get to a book and I'm like, oh, okay, I did pre-order that just like you do well, almost every week. You're like, oh yeah, I, I, I got this. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like a lot of people will pitch books to me. Uh, like I'll get yeah, an email. Oh, someone recommended X, and usually I will, <laughs> I will go through that list. A lot of people will just say, "Oh no, more recommendations, whatever." No, I still have credits left over, so I go through that list and go, "Did I? Did I? Did, is this? Is this something I forgot to order?" And sometimes it is. Like uh, when when the Nerdist contest finished, I had almost three hundred dollars worth of credits, and obviously God, like really? a, a bit of a budget for myself because I don't I don't mind spending money on books. I love books, and I went through every like every funding every book that was funding is that do I want to support this? And I, most of the time was yes. I have plenty of credits, so I pre I pre ordered so many books. This this one though really speaks to me because. We've I've mentioned that in previous podcasts how I have a bit of a, dif a bit of difficulty getting into uh, humor genre books. Like I like a funny book and I like a genre book, but I I've been kind of displeased with the liter the the the, the, the liter literary industry's I say ironic satirical approach to sci-fi and fantasy. Right, it's just uh, off-putting to you, right? It, it's yeah, just I. I love I love sci-fi. I absolutely adore sci-fi. I don't like I've I've already made all the red shirts or the like oh spaceships always seem to be in the same like the same orientation. Ain't that funny? Like I've made mm -hmm. all these observations before. They're not original. They're not funny and I don't I don't like people making fun of my darlings too much and <laughs> sci-fi especially sci-fi but fantasy too. They are my darlings. So I I don't yeah, I, I I get it. It's sometimes it's you know it's stupid. Whatever, fine. But this 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 is meant to be like two fisted action, quick witted dialogue. This is, I mean, this is a genre that was funny from the get go. That is meant to be sort of tongue in cheek, exaggerated. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I'm I'm in on this because this is a callback to old storytelling uh as burrows type stuff i this is the kind of stuff i'm really into so and and it's it seems earnest and good natured and and just fun okay so see what you think about this this is uh straight from the um campaign page commander no 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 i gotta do it with my um radio voice right commander dax harrison hero of the allegiance legendary soldier for the space age Schmuck. Okay, I can't do it like that anymore. <laughs> a decade ago, Dax made his claim to fame in a decisive battle against the Car Cardigans. Cardigans? 
that look right? Cardigans? Uh, a ruthless alien race which raged, which, ugh, three W's there, alliteration, I like it, which waged war, that's tough, on humanity as we spread out into space. Dax cunningly destroyed the Cardigans' greatest warship, signaling a turning point in the war and leading to humanity's eventual victory. Or so we've been told. Ten years on, we join Dax as the anniversary of the ceasefire approaches. While career-wise he has faded into obscurity, the legend of Commander Harrison has grown immensely in the public eye through pulp stories and media based on exceedingly embellished versions of his exploits. Dax has, not so humbly, allowed himself to enjoy a bit of that fame and a few royalty checks while coasting into... while coasting into retirement on cushy assignments. But as he counts the days until he can disappear on a beach somewhere, naturally, fate has other plans. A dangerous shadow from the past puts a wrench in Dax's easygoing existence, and he is forced to finally live up to his legend, whether he likes it or not. Dax is aided in his adventure by an unorthodox but trusty crew. Good thing, because he'll need all the help he can get. To name a few, a badass female second-in-command, an enthusiastic fanboy cadet, and a mechanical whiz kid, a crotchety old doctor, and more. So, uh, I mean, for me, what I'm thinking about when I hear about Dax as a character, I'm thinking about, like, um, Ash from the Evil Dead, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. exactly what kind of character sound. I'm thinking about. Except there's a difference, though. Um, Ash is a badass. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there, there's no question that I mean, I, and I don't want to like start analyzing that character too much, but Ash does deliver like he's an idiot, but he delivers on the promise of defeating evil. And well, he something tells me Dax might deliver as well. Oh, definitely. But I, I, I like the idea that he's riding on the on the success and he's like, I, I want I'm, I'm curious about how deep uh, Tony's going to go. How light he's going to keep it, or how deep he's going to go regarding like the, this whole like uh, faded glory storyline, and because obviously, I mean, the, the, the hero's arc is is fairly clean from there. Like, the, is, this is a character that will either learn to uh, rise to the challenge and not just be like lazy and hiding behind success, or he will not in in hilarious, tragic fashion. But I mean, the the, the where this is going, like the possible avenues are pretty clear, but the journey to get there is going, sounds like it, like it's going to be exciting. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward but to it. But it too. needs to, it needs to fund. And that 26 days left makes me worried because he needs at least another 89 books. Yeah. 89 though. 89 is not terrible, but you know, uh, you can do the math on your own to see how many that is. But if you want to go check it out, it's, he's got, Chapter one, two, three, four, and some what he's calling space chatter, which is a collection of snippets and quotes and passages. You can go read all of this and more about the author and how a little bit about how Dax came to be um, right on the campaign page. And, you know, while you're there, you need to pre-order because this book needs to fund just like all the books we talk about. I mean, we pick the books because we think that they will to us personally will be. Um, worth the read and worth the, your time. So if you haven't pre-ordered, check it out. And Mr. JF, you ready to uh, tackle your book there, sir? 
Absolutely. Um, this, this we we talked earlier on in previous episodes how we're trying to have one funded, one non funded book, and obviously, like I like that you chose. As as angry as I am that you chose a book I want to talk about later, I'm glad you chose uh, Tony's book because there there's there's little time left. I mean, there's only 26 days, so obviously we try to also aim for books that need the need need the, the visibility as much as possible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The book I want to talk to, to talk about is funded, is in production, and actually is one of the winners of the Nerdist contest. It is from my good friend Brian Guthrie. Now, this is a book that I read um, before it even got on Inkshares because oh, cool. Brian Brian is very like Brian's story is very similar to mine. That's how we connected. We know each other from another community, and. He, I, I noticed him uh, promoting his book, his self-published book, very much the same way and around the same times as I was promoting the, the first self-published edition of The Life Engineered. And his book is, is a sci-fi book called Rise. The, uh, the short synopsis for it is, Four strangers must unite to save their world, shattered in the pursuit of lost love from ultimate destruction at, the, at an usurper's attempt to build a utopia free of death and war. So this, I don't, I don't feel like it's, it's already a pretty tantalizing um, description, but I feel it doesn't do justice to the complexity and intricacy of what Brian has built. And one of the things that's very interesting and how Brian promotes and for, first of all, Rise is the first part of, I believe, a trilogy. Okay. There's there's definitely more to it. Like there's a second book I think called Fall that's going that he's either finished or finishing up right now, and the um, the, the, the 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 intricacy and the level of of detail that he puts into his world building is exciting to me because I I love a well a, a nicely complex world and I love when a world has this always leave you you wondering about the background elements like all these these little details when when a, a character is introduced but leaves and when they, they leave the storyline they they you're you're left with just more questions like you can feel that there's more soul to the character and rise offers a lot of that because of the intricacy of brian's work on on the background and, and you know you have oh sorry go, yeah, ahead. go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say you have a unique perspective because um i believe this is the first book that we've talked about that, you know, either one of us has read all the way through. And I'm sure he's probably changed it a little bit, you know, like done some editing and stuff. Well, especially now working with um, Ink Shares and Girl Friday, there's probably mm-hmm. going to be some some changes. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't think that major changes would happen, but you never know, I guess. So, I mean, th- like, it's a unique perspective that we haven't really dealt with until now. So... Um, having you, you have read the whole book. See, like when I read that, I, um, that little blurb at the top, uh, of the, uh, campaign page, it's, I feel a different way about it than you do is what I'm trying to say, because you know, the entire story, you know, well, that's the thing. I, I know that there's more meat to those bones. So to me, it's like, ah, that's not enough. That, that doesn't tell the entire story. And I, I, I know like on an object from an objective point of view that it's a perfectly fine blurb. It is that to me, it's like, Eh, there's more to it. This doesn't tell enough. But here, here's a fun thing about Brian. And you maybe he's holding see, back, though. <laughs> ah, maybe. But you only have like two sentences. I'll read a, yeah, a, a longer description. But you know how we talk about people doing interesting things with their their videos, and this is something that's cool about how Brian approaches his his world. That's very interesting and very very. Uh, I would say. 
very immersive is that he approaches it as something very, how do I say, in, in role-playing terms, he's in character a lot regarding it. And you can see it through his, through his videos and a lot of his, his updates were from the point of view of this is a world that exists is just at the other end of, 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 a, of I'd say a metaphorical tunnel or like we can't communicate with this world or just barely. And you can see that very clearly from his, his video on his Inkshares page, which is a message from Logwin, the, the main character, basically getting in touch with, with the readers and with, with Brian also, with the, basically with our world. Is this this very immersive approach to how he's promoting this book that just it it sells how important it is to him and how much energy and effort he's put into it. So it's to me all of that is very cool. And if you go on his uh, on his Inkshares page, you can also see like some pretty neat illustrations showing what the world look like, looks like some of the characters and just very very rich background that's been created. Yeah, so, it's neat. Um, these these drawings are neat. Uh, I think that they're not his personal drawings. I don't think, right? I, I, um, I'm trying to remember. I don't think they're his personal drawings. They're, yeah, but they're, they're drawings. Spe- they're drawings specifically for his uh, for his book. Uh, yeah, if you go to that's still uh, cool. Yeah, if you go, go to www.guthron, that's G-U-T-H-R-O-N.com, that's his website where you can probably see uh, more information and see more of the artwork. But before like before we run too long, I just want to read the, uh, the, blurb, the, the cover blurb he's got written for it on the Inkshares page uh, just to give you a bit more in, uh, information on the book because, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've talked more about the author than the book itself at this point. <laughs> that's so, okay. Sometimes you got to sell the author too, right? And uh, that's yeah, and, not and, what I mean and, for for you, Brian. I'm just saying in general, in general. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing when you have uh, when, when you know a lot about the author and you know a lot about the book, it's hard to balance out how much information to give. But I think the it cover is. blurb is is absolutely a necessity. So yeah, go for it. On a shattered world protected from the cold of space by a water shield, the people are dependent on ancient technology to survive. Now that network is breaking down and the water on one shell is running out, setting the inhabitants on a path towards war. The search to find answers brings four complete strangers, each struggling with their own inner turmoil, together to prevent the destruction of the world as they know it. Thus begins the recount of how the struggles of four people set in motion events that reshape an entire world. And if there's one thing I can say about the uh, the book rise, and you can sort of get it a bit from the blurb, but you really need to to read the book and read some of the, the sample chapters. The, uh, the the first chapter doesn't translate as much, but it it sort of speaks out more. Is how vividly visual and strange and I'd say the book gave me with like through imagination what I was hoping to get visually from uh, Jupiter Ascending. And I know this sounds oh, weird, yeah. and Brian, Brian might find that comparison kind of weird. It's just that <laughs> there was, I was looking for a sort of, how do they say, alien visual cohesion in Jupiter Ascending that was just not there. It's just a lot of flashbang. But reading Rise, like I, the, 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 the uniqueness of the world as described, Really, and I'm a very visual person. Everything that I read translates to images, and every image, everything that I write comes from images in my mind. Me too. So, me too. 
it's there, there's something very is the kind of book that you want to read at a when you're sort of in in a very calm state where you can allow your mind to paint the picture for you because because Brian really creates that strange world and you want to be able to construct it in your mind's eye. You know, um, I can say that the blurb, uh, the longer blurb um, from the back of what could be the back cover uh, is actually it gives me so much more information. And I mean, that's obviously going to always happen. And, you know, I don't know, but I I was instantly like, wow, this sounds really cool. And, you know, I understand what you're saying with like Jupiter ascending. Like I watched the movie and I think that this is it it can be, I should say, not is, but it can be like a... um, something that hinders movies, you know, especially like rich science fiction movies with the, the amount of story that needs to be told versus the amount of time to tell it in. You know what I mean? Like these giant Mm, epics like Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit or, or any other um, epic kind of series. um, When you translate that into a bunch of movies, you got so much more time to work all this stuff out. Even something like star Wars or star Trek. um, You have so many more, movies or even television shows for those to really dive in and, and, and dig, dig deep into the world. Something like Jupiter ascending. Uh, I, I totally understand what you're saying with that. I didn't necessarily not like it. I just, well, I, I didn't hate it, but it, it didn't deliver on the promise that I thought it made me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just imagining thing, but it's, it's a it is a weird comparison but it's it's just that like i said like brian created a very rich world very visually alien world and i i very much enjoyed sitting back and 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 so sort of picturing it in my mind's eye as i read the book well that you know for me that right there that's that that's the best way that you could possibly sell me personally on this book because i i'm totally with you like it's all it's all visual to me like i i in fact, I enjoy audiobooks a lot because of that. Like, when, I don't know why, but when I'm listening to someone else read, it, it just gives me freedom of, you know, le- to let my mind create the pictures, you know, and, and, and I don't know. It's hard to explain it. And, and I sound like stupid, I'm sure, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I, I, that's the best way to sell me on this particular story or any story. I mean, that, that ends up being like that. And I am actually ashamed to say that I have not pre ordered. And I do apologize, but I will be pre-ordered. Pre-order, pre-order it as soon as possible. I mean, well, okay, there's no rush. It is, it is in production. It will be printed. It's gonna, it's gonna be awesome. But you no, know, f- yeah, you, you should totally get a copy because I think this is, this is gonna be one of the good ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. definitely. And you know, I can tell you one, one other thing. Um, not to compare myself to you, or not to even um, say that I, I would do this anyway for Brian's book, but. I didn't have three hundred dollars in credits when uh, when it ended. I actually don't have any credits <laughs> at this point. I I spent all my credits, but that doesn't mean you know, Brian. I will pre-order your book, credits or no credits, because you know I I want to have. Uh, I actually I actually want to have a library of Inkshare's books. I mean, that's m- a personal goal for me to have a library of Inkshare's books and have my book be among that in in that library. You know, so. That's that's something that's a, a goal of mine. So I will be pre-ordering. I just have to get a little bit of money first, you know. So, <laughs> as should everybody should be pre-ordering. Anyways, speaking of more ink shares books, mm-hmm. let's talk about contests. Another first. fantastic segue that I made, right? <laughs> exactly. Well done, sir. <laughs> Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen. 
by the time you listen to this, there will be already online on InkShares a contest for the Sword and Laser podcast and their collection. Now, there's already amazing books on that collection, but you will want to add yours to that. Oh, I love that. There's already amazing right, books. Right, right. <laughs> so I've, I'm trying to teach myself to self-promote. Fluffing your ego. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I'm trying. Look, I'm I'm couching it in promoting uh, my fellow <laughs> collection members' uh, books too. So the thing is, I at this point in time, but by, by the time you, you listen to this, you'll know what the actual details of the contest are and what the prizes are. I don't know if Tom and Veronica want to do two books again or three books. Is it going to be just one book and five of them get published? I don't know the details of that. What I do know is that there is a huge difference between doing a contest to, for a book and doing normal crowdfunding. Normal crowdfunding, you kind of choose how long your campaign is going to be. Usually mm-hmm. you'll go for about a month and a half to three months and you can ramp up your campaign, you know, prepare for it. If you're listening to this and you're only learning of this contest right now, immediately you're already in a rush because you need to quote unquote catch up because a contest yep. is more of a race it is much shorter. Actually, this campaign is going to be, I think, two months from what I can read. Oh, really? And which, which is a bit longer than the other contests, which is fine. But it is two months where you are constantly trying to be in the top, if based my, basing myself on previous contests, in the top five. Man, two months. That is stressful. One month was stressful. I can't imagine eight weeks of this. That's tough. And t- and imagine some of these weeks are during the holidays, which, by the way, is not a negative. Now, all right, here's the thing. If you're going to be participating in a contest, you need to, and this is going to sound really bad because all of you are going to try to do the same thing. It's going to be really weird, but you need to be <laughs> in you need to be in that top five as early as possible. Now, it doesn't mean that if you're in the top five, you can just stop and do nothing and things are going to work out for you because that doesn't happen. With the Nerdist contest, I was in the first place for a solid three or four days before I slowly climbed down to, I think, 11th or 12th place by the end. But being in the, fir- being in the top five gives you visibility that if you can capitalize on it will help a lot. Assuming that InkShares does a contest the same way they've done before, people that are in the top tiers usually get a bit more visibility because they'll be a featured newsletter. They'll be asked to review other books in the contest. And InkShare has been very good in how they've gone about it, like basically f- twisting the arm of those in the first few places into reviewing and promoting uh, other books that aren't in the top 10 places, for example, which is a good way of sort of spreading the love. But yeah, that was really cool. I thought that was cool. Now, I don't remember. Did they do that in, with the Sword and Laser the first time? I know they did it with Nerdist. I just don't remember. It's been so long now. Um, you know, we're no, talking but, like no, April I, or something, the, May. Yeah, exactly. It was. Uh, it finished on the first of May, I think, the first Sword and Laser contest. The No, they did not do that in the first one, but they, they, they did have like uh, something with uh, SF Signal, which was pretty cool. But yeah. the thing is... The the same way the Nerdist contest had improvements on the first Sword and Laser contest, this Sword and Laser contest is going to have improvements on the Nerdist contest. So, I mean, every contest that happens is going to be better than previous one because it's an iterative, iterative process as they're learning to do these things better and better. And the whole goal of these... Th- th- here's a sad thing. The goal of these contests 
is not to publish your book. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's also not to get your book in the collection. Uh, Again, I'm sorry. The purpose of these contests is to attract writers who will attract readers. Right. So if you want to really be loved by ink shares, whether you win or not, try to get as many people into the ecosystem as possible. And here's the bonus of this. If you get people into the ecosystem, there's a good chance that you will get published more easily because the more people that are in the ecosystem and the more writers are bringing people into the ecosystem, the easier it is to get new readers. It's all about the readers. It's all about the readers. Now, your first reflex, and this is something that you need to do, and that's why this contest being in the holidays is a good thing, is you need to go to all your drunken relatives during the holidays and say, buy my book. Give him an iPad or a tablet or a computer and say, click here and have him pre-order your book. Now, you know, um, if I could just interject, sorry. Uh, sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. So Yeah, go, go, go. I, okay, so let me, let me just finish this thought. No, yeah, go ahead. Now, you are going to do the whole family thing. You want to do this as fast and as quickly as possible so that you can get those early readers, those easy, low-hanging fruits to be as high as possible in the ranking as possible. However, once you've done that, you need to branch out. Now, some people have branched out superbly, like Jameson Stone, who's just absolutely a genius of working a convention, from what I understand. Hmm. And some others have branched out through media. But you want to bring in, and you all want to do this, because you're going to be not just helping yourself, but helping others. You all want to bring as many people that aren't just there for your book, but are passionate about sci-fi and fantasy in general. So they will buy your book, and they will buy five other books. And the reason for this is Quill. Yes, the quill the quill collection is absolutely, um, you know the uh, I don't know uh, this the lower tier. That's the better way, the best way to put it, the lower tier. And if even if they don't make it into the top five of the contest, the more books that Ink Shares can publish, the better, the better it is for every for everyone. But yeah. that's and the I, thing. If you look at the numbers, and I mean, this is, I'm, I'm going by conjecture based on my position, but there was probably between 15 and 20 books that met the, at least the Quill criteria at the end of the Nerdist contest. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but I would imagine something like that. There's at least 12, because I met it, and I was in 12th place. And I'm pretty sure, I know Kara, who was a bit lower than me, she also met, met it by, by that time. So, and was Paul, Paul Robinson lower than you? Because he met too. Yeah, I think he was. So... And if he, if he wasn't, he was like one step ahead. So that's a lot of books that will get like your book has a good chance of getting published, whether it's in the top five or not, because of the Quill co- collection. So there's a good chance you'll get into a collection if you bring readers. Right. And the readers are, well, difficult they're, to bring in. Exactly. Well, you know, it, it takes work, is what I mean. I mean, it's not difficult, but it's not going to be like, "Hey, I'm going to publish. I'm going to publish my book. Let me put it on this site," and then you sit there and stare at the screen and watch no one order it. You know, uh, first of all, it's going to drive you crazy. You know, okay. second of all, you know, you're not really helping yourself a- unless you get out there and really like, you know, so, put some work in. So, know. Paul. Yeah. What would be like the three ways if you you have to give our listeners? three different avenues of getting readers that aren't friend and family. What would you suggest? And I'm putting you on the spot, but I, I will, I will, definitely put, on the spot. I will put myself on the spot afterwards and I can't reuse your idea. So it's going to be worse for me. So go ahead. <laughs> it is going to be worse for you. Um, so three ways to get some readers. Well, you know, 
Well, this is tough. You are really putting me on the spot. If you go to something like Goodreads, if you have a Goodreads account, um, even if you don't make one, I mean, it's not that difficult. And then you can do some research of on in in these uh, forums that they have on Goodreads, and you can you can find some readers that way. Although that's that's just the first thing coming into my brain. That's not necessarily the best way. Uh, and I don't know the best way. I mean, if we knew the best way, then we would all have published books. You know what I mean? So this is a tough question, JF. You really, <laughs> you really, we didn't cover any of this before. We okay. Started okay. Did you want me to go then? Because uh, let's go back and forth. Let's take, all right, let's go. So, all right. So the first thing you want to do is you want to be able to identify various uh, media outlets. Now you, oh, yeah, obviously duh, you're, you're, duh, you're not, <laughs> you're not going to want to reach too high. You can try never like take it from me. Never say it can't happen. Just, throw it out there. But what you want to do is basically identify certain like outlets that fit what you're doing. If you're if you're trying to publish a, a horror novel, find some horror podcasts, send them yeah. an email saying, "Hey, I listened to your podcast, lie if you have to." And but try say, to listen hey, to it. I, try to listen. No, <laughs> obviously you want to know what they're doing, but like you can't like I'm not saying pretend to be a long-time listener if you're not, but don't tell them you're new if you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> but get in touch like if 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 whether it's a podcast, get in touch with them and say, "Hey, I'm publishing a book on this really weird platform that's kind of cool. Do you want me to talk about it on your podcast and get invited that way or if you uh, if you want to get on a on a blog and talk about your world building process like I don't know, John Robbins blog, ask him. Yeah. Maybe he'll, plug, maybe he'll say yes. He will. He will. He's awesome. John Robbins, the man. Don't don't put words in his mouth. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sorry. No, he he. No, John. John's a super cool guy. Is I don't know what his waiting list is for. Yeah, that's very true. In fact, uh, I was talking to Melissa, uh, um, and well, I saw this on Goodreads actually. Uh, they're thinking about starting something new. I don't. I don't know the details. So I'll just never mind. Let's just continue. No, we we will we'll have some cool stuff. I know Kara's working on something just super exciting too that we're involved in. Anyways, but so yeah, you want to be able to identify things that speak like basically media outlets that talk to the kind of people that you want reading your books and you want to quote unquote get in bed with these people. You want to communicate with them and you want them to talk about you. Now, there's no too low, there's no too small an audience. Even if it's a podcast with only 10 listeners, usually they'll be pretty freaking passionate listeners, so they'll listen to the, the the host. Oh yeah, definitely. And there's there's no too high. If you think that there's oh, there's a podcast from NPR that like talks to uh, about sci-fi and I really like I think their audience would respond to my book give it a shot. It's an email that you'll be sending that they probably won't listen, read or listen to. But what if they do? Yeah, exactly. You never know. I mean, they could, you could be on, on the, on the show the next week or, you know, in a month or two months or whatever. Or but, just get uh, a mention. It's anything. yeah, a mention. Just exactly. give it a shot. And you know, so, I, Paul, I, have you, obviously, have you had, yes, I have had a little time. Obviously <laughs> I, I'm aware of these things and I, uh, you know, being put on the spot, my brain just instantly turned to mush. So um, I knew it would, and that's why I did it. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. So uh, <laughs> um, another good thing I think um, for me personally, this worked out pretty well. Is use your social media to um, attract some people, um, some new readers, uh, some some friends, and some family that is uh, maybe more distant. You know, like for example, uh, you know, I have friends on my uh, Twitter and Facebook from all over the world, you know? So if I, um, 
use my social media in a positive way. You got to be really careful with social media, especially something like Facebook. When you get into posting about your stuff, you know, five times a day, people will just start, you know, shutting, shutting you down, like blocking your, um, you know, removing you from their feed or whatever. So, or just ignoring what you're saying. Exactly. Which is, which is just as bad. Yeah, worse. which is yeah, is worse. So I was going to say it's probably worse um, if they're um, you know shutting you down or ignoring you. Uh, and you know, I'll be honest, I had a lot of success through social media, but not just with these blanket buy my book. Here's my book, pre-order. Uh, it was more like let me talk to you in person. Let's let's start a rapport, you know. And even with people that I didn't know as well or or didn't feel like I knew as well, you know, that worked a lot better when you get out there and you're. Um, you know, you're trying to build relationships rather than just sell books because ultimately, you know, you're asking these people to invest in your product for, for you know, lack of a better word. Um, um, and, you know, you got to give them a real reason why. Show them that you're a person, not just uh, another advertisement, you know, if you will. And I think, go ahead. If, if I can add to that, yeah. don't fire and forget like don't just yes. oh i posted i posted on my facebook and no one no one did anything that's not good enough like i'll take a page out of a brian guthrie's playbook communicate with every one of your facebook friends individually on a personal level they're your facebook friends they're, and they're that's people exactly what i'm saying yeah yeah exactly. individually yeah but that don't, worked and that but worked don't really let well. it sit don't let it sit like send send them a message and if they don't reply send another yeah. And be I mean, polite. Yeah. So I was going to say, you don't want to be overbearing. I mean, but, you know, use good manners and everything like that. Obviously, it comes down to, um, it comes down to, for me, people who usually pre ordered were people who said, you know, not only is I find your book interesting, but I appreciate that you're, uh, taking the time to talk to me personally, you know, even in person, if possible, which, um, you know, with social media, you know, that's a little bit more difficult. But the people that I knew, like the people that I work with, for example, they're not relatives or, or mm, they're acquaintances, a lot of them, some of them are friends. But um, so I went around my my job and I just said, hey, listen, here's here's the deal. I'd like to, you know, see see this work published because I've worked really hard. And, you know, I, I just think that, you know, if you could give me some help and support and listen, it's hard. It's hard. Um, that is one of the hardest things for me is talking to people face to face, not because I'm super shy. I mean, especially with these people I know, but when you're asking someone to invest in you and you're asking someone to give up their money, you know, you've got to really, you know, you got to really be sincere. I think, I mean, at least mm, I, I, you I need to be like, earnest. Yeah, and especially through social media, because I've learned from other people that the internet rewards the internet doesn't reward quality as much as it rewards earnestness. You can see yeah. it in there's some really really shitty YouTube stars that make terrible <laughs> products, but they do it in such an honest and open hearted fashion that that's what gets them their success. Uh, yeah, so that's what I say. Like uh, use social media to your advantage without being um, overbearing. I think that's a pretty good one. All right. I got one that's uh, close. Uh, it, it's, it's both an idea, uh, something you should do, and something you should be careful with. Build good relationships with, or try to build a good relationship with influencers in the genre that you're working in, or people that have, like, try to get good with people who know people. That is, if, I mean, 
if you can, uh, if you look look through the people that you follow on Twitter that follow you on Twitter and try to get into a dialogue with someone that is more influential than you are and get them to talk about your book. But here's my warning: stay and and I'm I'm putting words I, I don't know I'm being presumptuous, but this this is how I see it. Do that, but don't do it with people that are too close to the contest because. From an ethical standpoint, they won't be able to help you. Yeah, that's true. So, like, look, let's say you wrote this amazing hard sci-fi book and you can somehow get into a good dialogue with, say, the bad astronomer, Phil Plate. That would be an amazing catch. And if he mentions your book, it might really help get, in, get you know, your, your, your name and your book out there. However, don't necessarily try to get, say, people from Inkshares to promote your book. I mean, they will but they will equally with everybody else on the contest because they have an obligation to stay neutral in all this. So be like, be clever in how you approach it, but try to get these people that have more influence in the world to sort of help you out if you can. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, a really good tip. Um, the more, the more people that uh, you can get in your corner, like uh, the more influential people, I should say, that you can get into your corner, the better. Uh, I mean, ultimately, it's about can you uh, can you meet this goal? Or, or well, I guess it's not a goal for the contest. Um, can you bring these readers in? And it's just a difficult thing. And the more exposure, that's what I'm getting to here. The more exposure that you can get, the better. Like when JF said, um, check out these media outlets, the podcasts, the, um, all this stuff, that is absolutely the best thing you can do. Like if you can be, and this is a tough thing to do, but if you can set it up to where you can be on, heard on a different podcast, even these, um, uh, these lower tier podcast with less listeners if you could be somewhere you know once a week i mean just imagine how many people are hearing that even if it's only 10 people per podcast you know over the course over the course of the entire contest which is an eight week eight weeks this time um that's you know that's 80 well, I, people i think it's eight weeks i'm not not sure i don't i don't want to presume but we'll know tomorrow anyways okay yeah that's true um so uh by the way i wanted to ask you earlier you've got some kind of email secret emails that i didn't get what's up with that um yeah, no, this is... Uh, you don't have to explain. Is, I'm no, just kind of giving uh, you a hard time. <laughs> look, dude, I'm, I'm just... I'm people, right? No, no, it's, uh, the, 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 the whole point is I... Uh, I, I, I don't... I got, I'll tell you off the air because I don't know how much... Like, to me, it's not like, oh, secret stuff, but I don't want to put something out that I don't know if I should. And oh, yeah. I'm, and I, I'm, I'm always very careful about these things because I've been burnt before. So and, I have, and again, I, I was just kind of messing go ahead. with you. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know you are. I'm just trying to be transparent as much as possible. Like, and, oh, yeah, yeah. Like in, in, I'm trying to balance out the fact that I'm not saying everything and still remain somewhat transparent. So <laughs> I, have, I, have another, <laughs> I have another tip also. Okay, go ahead. And th this, is, this is kind of an important one. Um, go on Goodreads. And look for the Inkshares writing group and become friends with people. And I'm going to explain why, because this is, this is going to be super important. If you're not already doing that, do it for this simple reason. It will preserve your sanity. The problem with these contests, and we've seen that in the first contest, we've seen it even a bit in the second one, even though we did our best to avoid it, is that it is a competitive environment. Yeah. You are trying to get more readers and more books sold than the other guys. 
And it is very easy to become suspicious and angry and jealous. And you may think yourself above these emotions. And hey, Buddha, I'm, if you are, congratulations on your nirvana. But most of us are just human. And when we see a guy get 100 books in 24 hours, and you've only gotten like two books in the last week, it can be very frustrating, especially if you've been working uh, like eight hours a day to try to get those extra sales. So join the group and make sure that you know your competition on a personal level so that there are human beings in your eyes and not just enemies to conquer. Because that will make it so that their successes become your successes. You will be happy for them if they win. And if you win, they will be happy for you and you will be part of a community. Because I'm guessing if you're participating in this contest, you are not an internationally published best-selling author. You are just some schlub like me and Paul trying to sort of make our way in the in industry. And if you're trying to make your way in the industry, you want to make friends, not enemies. Because everybody that's participating in this contest has the chance of becoming one of your contemporaries in the future. And if that's the case, you don't want them to be your enemies. You want them to be your friends because we all want the same thing. So join up gang and you know to speak on that uh in the first sword and laser contest we didn't have a community built so i don't i don't necessarily think personally that uh i felt any animosity toward anyone um or I anyone hated you paul i uh, just yeah i, I understand <laughs> i still do but <laughs> uh, nice nice all right, podcast over. Thanks. Um, See you I'm never. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I didn't necessarily have any animosity toward anyone, but I, I mean, it was hard um, being kind of alone. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When you're before we had the community for the, the Nerdist um, contest, it was like I would um, do all my stuff, my promoting and all that stuff. And then it would be like every few, every like, you know, once an hour, or once every half hour, I'm checking. Okay, did I sell a book? Okay, did I sell a book? Okay, did I sell a book? And you're mm -hmm. kind of by yourself. And then that kind of, that's what I was saying about being eight weeks earlier. That kind of like wears you down after after a few weeks of it. And you're like, man, and you really get like emotionally, uh, you can get like emotionally distraught and, and feel it's, like, it's I don't even downward, want to do this. It's the downward spiral. To it insanity. totally is. It totally is. So do you have any other tips that you want to give our listeners at this point? Um. Honestly, I think we hit the, the the big ones that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, I, I just right, to, I don't know. I, I, no, no, it's it's cool. I mean, there's there's only so much. Like the 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 best tip is always like just try to keep cool and try to have fun with it. The more fun you seem to have and be as an author and a writer, the more fun your product's going to look like it is, and people enjoy fun surprisingly and are attracted <laughs> by fun they're attracted by fun products and fun people so if you are a fun person and seem to have a fun product you'll have a better chance so try to enjoy the process even though it's very difficult to enjoy such competitive and like i mean we all want this so much anyways yeah. that being said i i'm going to put out an invitation to anybody that's participating in the contest if you need to vent, ask questions or tips or anything like that. I'm, I'm not an expert, but I've been through it a couple of times. 
uh, feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, my email is jfdubo1976 at gmail.com. That's jfdubeau at 1976 at gmail.com. And I will, I will be glad to try to help anybody that needs it. Cause I'm not participating this time because I, I don't, I don't have time. I've, and I don't have a product to push this time. I've already <laughs> still got a book that I'm getting funded. So. That's what I'm going for. Oh, and one last thing before we close down. I'll, I'll let Paul talk <laughs> for one. <laughs> no worries. The, for the nurse contest, I put down this challenge to people participating in the contest that I wanted to break the contest by having more books uh, get published than what the, what, what the contest promised. And we got one person that actually got to 1,000, I think, which yeah, I think was already... Yeah. The number one first place, Welcome to Deadland, I think is the name of it. Got at least a thousand pre-orders by that time. And a lot of people got their thousand pre-orders really soon after. So here's the challenge again, people, uh, dear listeners. Let's, if, if Sword Laser says, oh, we'll publish the first, like the top five, let's get six people to 750 copies. Let's, let's break the contest for reals this time. And you know, with the new uh, with the new formats um, at seven fifty, and then the quill at two fifty, I think that we're going to see a lot of books published from this contest, um, mm-hmm. which is always a positive thing. I mean, you know, the, they succeed, we succeed; we succeed, they succeed. It's it's a relationship that works both ways. And uh, you know, if you want to email me and ask me any questions, I'm not sure I can help you, but I will do my best. Um, that's my, that's what I'm promising to. Like, I don't know. <laughs> My, uh, well, you can just, um, there's a contact form on my website. That'd be the easiest way, actually. Uh, my website is paulinmansc.com, P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C.com. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to help you out the best I can. And you know what? Let me be honest with you. Those forums that he was talking about joining, go over there and join. There is a lot of great information from people from the last two contests a lot of great information it's going to be a lot of reading but john robin who is actually one of the um moderators uh has it organized very well and and kara and joe and all all the moderators they have it organized very well and uh you should be able to find what you're looking for at least you know you can find some help at the very least because you know we're all in this together and jf put it the perfect way in 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 uh what he said earlier about we all need to succeed you know we all want the same thing Exactly. Or yeah, re- contact reader- me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, readers are not a finite resource. We can. Uh, w- 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 there's never going to be too many books, so let's let's get this done. So, Paul, is there anything that you want to plug before uh, before we close the shop down? Um, you can check out Ageless if you would like. Uh, we have a finalized cover, and I will be putting it up before um, on the Inkshares page before. Um, you actually hear this, so it'll be there already. And uh, you can go on Inkshares and check that out, or you can go on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com and uh, just uh, give it a look, see if you like it. If you do, then you know pre-order. I would be very, very kind of you. And uh, my Twitter, as I was trying, as I was going to say, if you want to contact oh, me on Twitter, no, no, no worries. Is uh, I just didn't want to forget because you know what I noticed last week, we didn't have any of that information at the end. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> contact me on Twitter at. Uh, Paul Inman, S-C-P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C. And uh, what's your what's your um, internet stuff, things, and contacts? 
Well, okay. If if you're the kind of person who likes uh, science fiction, I have my sci-fi book, The Life Engineer, is coming out in on March first ish. Uh, you can pre-order that anywhere. You can go to Barnes and Nobles, Chapters, Indigo, all that stuff. Uh, just look for The Life Engineered, and you'll see a robot that is awesome, and you can pre-order the book. It's uh, an awesome robot. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a cool robot. It is if a cool robot. If, if you're not into sci-fi, but you like the, the fantasy with a bit of horror tossed in, if you uh, like the kind of a, uh, if you'd like the idea of a the movie Stand By Me with a bit of Call of Cthulhu and maybe a, a sprinkling of the Harry Potter for flavor in there, then you might want to help me get uh, my second book, A God in the Shed, published. For that, you can go on Inkshare and search for A God in the Shed and pre-order that. It's not going to be in the contest, so meh. But uh, I'm I'm some like 300 copies from uh, from getting getting it published properly. So yeah. you know that brings a question to mind, um, mm-hmm. really briefly. Uh, is the contest only for newly newly um, submitted books to Inkshares, or if if like let's say um, Motor City Chronicles? By the way, go check that one out. It's on Inkshares. <laughs> if I wanted to put that in this contest. Is it possible? That's a question that I don't have an answer for. I don't know. So, <laughs> so we'll have to see what happens when it comes out tomorrow. Exactly. Uh, and I have, I have a feeling here, 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 here you go. You want an answer to that, dear listeners? Go to Goodreads, go to the, uh, the Ink Shares writers page. There you go. I'm sure someone's going to ask it and that the answer is going to be somewhere in there. And if yep. not, well, we'll tell you next week and next episode. JF, yeah. um, your I website? Did I interrupt oh, my, you on that? Oh, my website? No, sure. Okay. My website is uh, www.jfdubo.com. Go go there and uh, look at the silly things I do. And get some books because, you know, that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, how to say, shop for next year's Christmas gifts because most of these are not going to get published for another eight months, even <laughs> if you finance them now. All right. So I, I think we're done. This is This is an exciting episode. It is, and we actually wrapped it up in less than an hour and a half. Good job. Yep, I'm impressed. See you guys next week. <laughs>